And Rob and Rebecca have three, five, three, and one right now, five, two, and one, actually. And I, my kids were that close together in age. I don't know how they do it. And then I go, well, you did it, you know? So I just want y'all to know where you are in life, you can do this, and then you'll get the perspective when you get where I am and wonder how you did it. But I, I'm getting a, a fresh glimpse into the preschool years. And I see my kids and I go, oh my gosh, they've got this, they're doing it so good. And then they make a decision or tell me they're gonna do something. And I'm thinking, why in the world are they doing that? I got examples, we just don't have time. I got, <laughs> I got fresh ones. But then I just, when I wanna say, what? You can't do that, you shouldn't do that. Don't do that with that child, you better do. I'm like, did I want my mama telling me what to do? The answer is no. And if my mama told me what to do, I usually did the opposite just because she had told me. And so I bite my tongue and I remember what I learned right here from you girls saying how you perceive the input from your mothers or mothers-in-law and also from the leader group helping me to know how to do it. But I try very hard only to give advice when I ask. Now you think that's for me and for the ones in my position, you're gonna be there. So just think about this. Now, just to, to take a little, very quick summary um, back in time, Mary Margaret nearly drove me crazy. It is a wonder I had other children. She was the most strong-willed child. I mean, James Dobson must have known her when he wrote the book, <laughs> Strong-Willed Child. She bossed me around, told me she was in charge, told me I wasn't her boss, told me she was going to do, and I was at my wit's end. Now, Carrie mentioned Parenting with Love and Logic, which was a lifesaver for us, but I didn't get it till after she was in the fourth grade. So let's go back to when she was about four or five. It was rough, and I never talked like that to my mother. My mother would have just slapped my head off, you know, but I, and Mary, if I ever told Mary Martin, I'm going to blah, blah, she said, I'm going to call Child Protective Services. You know, she, she was hard on us. Now, she always says, Mama, do you ever tell them I turned out all right? She has turned out right. She was the last of my, she was the oldest, but the last to get married. Now, she has two little boys. She lives 10 minutes from me, and we are the best of friends. But I'm telling you, it didn't come easy. Let's just leave it at that. Rob is my social butterfly. He wanted to have a party, not on his birthday, but about once a month. He wanted to have friends over all the time. He wanted me to take him and his friends places all the time. He, and he also wanted to move in with his best friend, whose mother was a lot nicer than I was. And I learned to say, well, let me help you back your bag, and we're sure going to miss you. That was Rob. Wes is my only introvert. But Wes also never believed in homework. Many of y'all have heard that before. He survived. He actually finished high school by the skin of his teeth, and he finished college. It took him eight years, but y'all, he got his degree, and he is married. He is wonderful. He is the most independent, the most um, secure in himself of the other two. So, you know, you just got surprises that are going to come from these kids, but let me tell you, there, there were a lot of things we messed up on, a lot of things I wish I had a do-over but you don't get to have do-overs. But I, I wanna remind you, you can do this, and it's not all pretty, and it's not all easy, but you can do this, and you just have to give yourself a chance and recognize, I mean, say to yourself on a regular basis, there are no perfect people. There are no perfect marriages. There are no perfect children. This, this is all a work in progress, and um, we just have to be 
aware of that and not get discouraged when things are hard. Okay, today I've picked seven things I wish I'd known sooner. The first one, y'all are going to think, oh, she's just sounding preachy, but I promise I'm not. The one thing I wish I had focused on earlier in regard to my role as a mother is to grow closer to God, grow closer to Jesus. And you think, well, now, what's that? I'm talking about, I want to know what to do with my kids on a Saturday morning. I'm telling you, grow closer to God. <laughs> if you can draw closer to the Lord, and I know how hard it is, I promise I know. You have to lock yourself in the bathroom if you want to read something. But use your phone. Do it however you can. Read God's Word. Find good podcasts. Pursue your friends who love the Lord and ask them, how are you doing this? Pursue God. Seek Him. And let me tell you what you're going to do when you seek Him. You're going to find, I gave you, your leaders are going to have a list. I've given it to y'all before. Just a collection of some Bible verses that I think are helpful to parents. There's lots more than this, but this will get you started. You're going to read some of those and you're going to go, well, you know, that might work for some people, but I don't want to do that one in my home. I don't believe in discipline or whatever. You word of the verse. After you grow close to God, you seek him, you grow to love him. The next word I want to say is obey him. He is, he is right and you're not always right. He's never been wrong. He is always right. So whatever you learn in God's word do not be afraid to obey it, even if it's hard, even if it doesn't suit somebody else, but obey the Lord. And you know, are there some Bible verses, many of you grew up learning Bible verses, and here's one you probably know. You know it, and you can say it and memorize it, but it's like, are you really listening to it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. What does it say next? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. As a mom, isn't that what you're looking for every day? What do I do next? Oh my gosh, you won't believe what my son did today. What do I do next? This is where the Lord will begin to speak to your heart, and as you are getting involved in things that, that help you learn biblical knowledge, you will have the resources to know what to do. Spiritual growth and maturity leads to confidence and wisdom as a parent. So this is very important. I hope that, I think the fact that you've joined mom to mom is a huge step because the things you're learning here are all based on biblical principles. They are practical things to help you as a mom and help you in friendships and relationships, but all based on biblical principles. But I would urge you to get involved in a church. Get your children involved where they can come to know the Lord. Be prepared to help them enter into a relationship with the Lord. This is what you want to do as a parent, because guess what? You probably aren't going to college with them. If you get your children attached to the Lord, then when you're not around, when they're a teenager, they have that resource of strength and of, of guidance in their own hearts and lives as they're having to make difficult decisions as teenagers. Okay, that's number one. Love him and obey him. Number two, love your husband. And somebody's going to say, do you know my husband? You know, you're telling me I really, really, really got to love him? Yeah, I am. I'll ask you, do you know my husband? Is it always easy? No, no, it's not always easy. I loved Gary Smalley's book entitled Love is a Decision. And I thought, yeah, a lot of days, that's what it is. It's a decision more than it's a feeling. A lot of times it's a feeling, a lot of times it's a decision. 
Our children, one of their greatest needs is security. One of the best ways you can provide security for your children is by loving your husband. That is a huge effort and a huge thing that we can do. Marriage is hard work. And when you add kids to the family, it gets harder. There are just lots of challenges. And whatever challenges you may be facing in your marriage, let me tell you, you're not alone. There's somebody else in this room that's facing something similar. Somebody else that's facing another struggle. Life is challenging. There is no getting all these things right and then it's smooth sailing. So just work at your marriage. Um, we, are, we were asked to help with a um, marriage class they're doing at our church. And JB and I have to go through all the questions and do all the homework and lead our group at our table. It's very challenging, but it's very refreshing and good for us. Whenever you can sign up for something like that and participate in a conference or a retreat, it just helps us in our communication skills and the things we need to work on. Now, the, the most significant line in this study that we're doing right now, and I'll tell you all this, this is a significant tip in working on your marriage. They say, draw a circle around yourself. And now for the next few weeks in this study, you're going to focus all your efforts on working on everything in the circle. What's in the circle? You. Draw a circle around yourself. And it reminds us. Now, if you've got a husband that's not really cooperating and not really participating with you in, in trying to grow as a parent and grow your relationship, you can't change him and you can't make his choices for him, but that doesn't limit you from doing what God calls you to do and from being the wife you need to be. And there are numerous studies and resources that are available to help a wife know how to be the wife you need to be, even if you're going through a rough season in your marriage. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but you know, I want to ask the question. Don't raise your hands. How many of us have been through a rough patch? If you didn't raise your hand, then I will meet with you afterwards. But you know what I'm saying? We all have had rough patches in our marriage. Some are minor compared to others. But that's, again, you're not alone with that situation. Do what you can to love your husband. And honestly, I'll say something I learned the hard way because all that being headstrong, Mary Mark got didn't just, didn't just come by accident because a lot of it came from me. Um, and... When I began with issues in our marriage, focusing on, God, what is it you need to change in me? I know a whole lot you need to change in JB, but for five minutes here, tell me what you need to change in me. And God began to say, how about this, Shuggy? How about that? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, okay. You know, I didn't really like it, but just be willing to, to be open to God improving you as a wife. And I'm telling you, a lot of times you'll look up and see your husband unloading the dishwasher or putting one of the kids to bed, doing something you've wanted him to do he hadn't done in a long time. Or, you know, simple things or bigger things. But love your husband. And if you need counseling, get counseling. There's no shame in that. It's the wise thing to do. All right, number three, spend time with your kids. Spend time with your kids, and what does that take? What does it take to spend time with your kids? Time. That's the key word. Your kids want to spend time with you more than they want things. Your kids want to spend time with you 
more than they want things. Now, we get caught up in our culture and in what other people are doing. Oh, my kid wants this. My kid wants that. And I've got to do this in order to provide this to keep my kid happy. It's easy to get caught up in that. But our children want to spend time with us. Now, maybe you're like I was, and I just will be honest and admit, I used to, you know, coming up on a holiday or a birthday or something, I'd think, oh, I'll get this game. This is something we can all sit down and play. Well, guess who never wanted to play? Me. I'm busy. I'm working on supper. Don't, no, I can't do it right now. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. So I shot myself in the foot. A lot of times I gave the kids things we could do together, spend time together, and then I was the one that wouldn't take the time. But I tell you a trick I learned, and I, I challenge you this. When your kid comes at you and says, Mama, can you come play this with me? And you're thinking, oh, I've I've got a brown pair of shoes I need to polish. I mean, I've got something else I know I need to do. If you, if you will go and say, sure, I guarantee you in 10 minutes they're going to be bored and want to move on to the next thing. It's not like you're committing the whole afternoon when your child asks you to do something with them. As much as it is possible, go do it. Mary Mart used to beg me. I gave her a tea set, and then she wanted to have tea parties, and I didn't want to have tea parties. You know... Think about this and be logical about it, but then be available and realize they're, they're not going to stick with you all day. They're going to want to go play with their Brio trains or something else, but right now they want five minutes with you, and they just want to know that you say yes and that you will. So um, spend time with them, and don't sign them up for every activity that everybody you know is doing. Let them have some just downtime. Let them just be at home and play. Let them help you in the kitchen. And if, if you've not introduced your kids in the kitchen, this is a great way to do it for a start, if you hadn't done it yet. Just decide you're going to, I do it at Christmas, make Christmas cookies. But just decide ahead of time. It's going to be the biggest mess you ever saw, but isn't it going to be fun, and isn't it going to make memories? I have done this with my grandchildren and my great nieces and nephew who live in Newnan. It is, they expect it every year. My little nieces in Georgia have come to Florida. Ain't Shuggy, can we make our cookies again? You know, and my grandchildren like it. It's a mess, but just they love this. These are the things they're going to remember. So get them in there helping you rather than have them climb in the dishwasher. Teach them how to unload the dishwasher and where things go. You know, we can do this. But spend time with your kids. Now, you're going to have one, maybe like Rob, always wanted to have a party. And I used to think, who has a party except on your birthday? But Rob wanted to have a party. I thought, well, the only way you can have a party is if I say yes. So I'd say, well, okay. You know, so he'd invite a bunch of kids over and we'd just get hot dogs and, you know, we'd have cookies and they'd play and it'd just be fun. But rather have all those kids at our house so we can oversee their behavior and see what they're doing, and particularly when they get towards middle school, and he wanted to have more parties and wanted to have parties with boys and girls invited. You know, this is just what we did. It became a pattern. So spending that kind of time and not being afraid. I'm looking at Peyton thinking about her writing me this last year. We lived in Orlando when the kids were little, and some of their families had birthday parties that you just can't even imagine. I mean, like these big birthday parties at big places, lots of expense, lots of... And we're like, well, can y'all just come over and do relays in the backyard, and I'll make a birthday cake. But we did. I called them homemade birthday parties. 
The kids loved our homemade birthday parties, and we kept doing them. When Mary Margaret turned 16, I had a friend out in the driveway with a boom box teaching them all how to line dance. We, we just did more weird homemade birthday parties, but they, the, kid, the friends still talk about them today. So, you know, be yourself and spend time with your kids in ways they're going to remember, and don't worry about what everybody else is doing. All right, number four. This one's hard, particularly for somebody like me. Listen well. While you're spending time with your children, they may begin to talk. Now, when they start talking, if you're like me, the tendency is, Mama, I think I want to do something. You're not going to do that. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Nobody does that. I'm not going to let you. So and so, you know, and you just jump in, you start criticizing, you're telling them why that's not a good idea, and honey, you just shut them off. They're not going to talk to you again for a month. This takes training. But the next time your child just starts randomly talking to you, just glue your lips and just sit there and listen. And let me tell you what I learned later than I would have hoped. You can learn it now. The more you listen, the more they talk. And when they get to about middle school age or somewhere in there, they're going to start saying some things about a friend or a friend's household or what other people are doing, and you're going to want to go, <laughs> just don't, just keep a straight face and just keep listening. The other thing that goes along with this listening in terms of training and helping your children is ask questions. If they tell you something that's just wild, then just rather than immediately say what you think about it, ask them and go, well, what do you think about that? And give them the opportunity. Let them be, help them learn to form wise opinions about things they see friends doing. But learn how to listen well. Now, let me also prepare you for this. And this is more so the older they get, even when they're young. They are not going to talk to you at times that are convenient for you. There's a blue chair that sat in my bedroom forever. I would, the kids would get home from school. This is when the boys were in high school. And I'd say, how's your day? Fine. Any news? No. Anything up with anybody? No. Sit down to supper. Same thing. Ask questions. Try to get a little conversation going. Nothing. So, you know, you clean up the kitchen. You do your thing. Do, put the laundry away. And then I'd say, y'all, I'm gone to my room. I'm just turning the light out. 5 to 11. Here comes Rob. Oh, Mom walks in the room, sits in the blue chair. Then he's there for an hour. And I'm like, why couldn't you have said all this at 4 o'clock? <laughs> you know, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. But I'm telling you, as a mom, this is one of our assignments. When they're ready to talk, you just make yourself ready to listen. I can remember when they were in college, and you're wondering what they're doing. You're curious. You, you want to know. But you're in the middle of a department store or the grocery store, and they call and go, hey, mom. And you're just surrounded by people. Are you busy? Oh, no, I'm not busy. And you get off in a rack of clothes like this, you know. <laughs> oh, no, I'm fine. This is fine. And then you stand there for 30 minutes. This, I'm just telling y'all, this is the way it is. Because if you call them, even now, I let my kids call me 90% of the time. Because when I call them, they have one-word answers. When they call me, it's like, be prepared to sit and listen. But you know what? I still listen to them, and they still call me a lot. Stacy, where are you? Wherever you are, Stacy. Okay, so this morning, 
Um, Stacy said, is Rob going to call you at five to nine? He called every time we were in leader meeting when I was here working in mom to mom. And I laughed and I said, oh gosh, Stacy, I remember that. I was sitting over here going over my notes. At five after nine, my phone rang and it was Rob. I said, Rob, well, I'm at mom to mom and you're right on schedule. <laughs> but my kids call a lot. And JB will even say to me, Shuggy, why do they call you more than they call me? And they love their daddy. But the answer I gave him, I said, I think, JB, maybe it's because I will listen to a whole lot of stuff I'm not really even interested in. <laughs> Wes does technical kind of work, like Miles back here, and he wants to tell me about some system he installed. And I just listen to it, you know, I go, oh, yeah, that's awesome. You'll have to show me when I come, you know, stuff. But they just, they like, they like to be respected and listened to. So listen to your kids. Shuggy, look at your watch. All right. Number five, be the mom. Be the mom is a loaded thing. Listen carefully when I say this sentence. Our goal as a mom is not for the moment. What you're doing in the moment matters, but our goal is to raise young people who will be capable, responsible, and ready to enter young adulthood, mature and confident. Wow, that sounds good, doesn't it? And isn't that what you want, to raise young people that are responsible and confident and ready to enter young adulthood? Well, it doesn't just happen on accident. Let me just tell you, it doesn't. And you're wondering, so how in the world is what I'm doing right now going to lead toward that? It won't happen if you're too focused every day, every moment on just trying to keep them happy and just trying to make life easy for them, and just trying to do what pleases them, that's not going to turn out a responsible, independent young person. It is hard to do the things we have to do, but that is our job. It won't happen if we, if we don't take it seriously. Our children need self-discipline. They need to learn simple life skills. They need a good work ethic. They need good character traits like loyalty and kindness. And we get the opportunity where you are right now to set them up to learn those lessons for themselves. Being the mom means that we provide opportunities for them to develop good habits. We have to be intentional about this. If you want your children to learn how to manage money, guess what you got to do? You got to give them a little money and let them manage it. So start small. Give them a little bit of money and talk about the things that they might want to do with it or what they should or, you know, teach them financial um, values and give them an opportunity to learn. Are they going to get it right all the time? No. How would you start out with money? Did you always get it right? Probably not. But we have to give them chores. Give them chores. Give them deadlines. Give them things to do and hold them responsible. you got to help them to work through conflicts with friends. When they get crossed up with a friend, now, I'm calling that mama and I'm gonna tell them about their child and they better not do this. Mm -mm. You go, really? That Your friend said that to you? Wow, I wonder what maybe you said right before that. You know, kind of get down in it. And then, well, what do you think y'all need to do to get back where you need to be? Help your kids work through their problems but we've got to give them choices to make, and we've got to allow them to suffer consequences if they make a mistake. That's okay. That's how we learn. All right. We have to be tough sometimes, and that's why James Dobson didn't 
didn't only write The Strong-Willed Child, he wrote a book entitled Tough Love. Now, tough love is what I'm talking about when I say be the mom. It means that sometimes you're going to have to tell them no. Sometimes you're going to say, we don't do that in this family. I'm sorry. Everybody else can be doing it, but we're not doing it, and you're not doing it. I'm the parent. I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I, I get the final vote here, and I'm sorry you're unhappy about it, but give them some reasons why, if there are reasons why. But we have to create some boundaries in order to keep our kids safe, and they don't know all the stuff we know. You know why you are giving them the boundaries, and they don't. So when they buck you, you've just got to be strong, and that's what I mean by saying it. Um, you got to be the mom. Now, I'll tell you what will happen sometimes, though. After you have told your child no, I'm sorry you can't do that, and I'm, I know you're unhappy about it, and I'm sorry you're unhappy about it, but it doesn't change anything. This is, this is the rule in our family. Later on, I guarantee you, you'll see this happen. I did. A few years maybe down the road, you'll hear your child talking to another friend, and they'll say, you know what? My mom and daddy wouldn't let me do that. And they say it with a sense of pride because they feel secure that you loved them enough to tell them no. So don't get confused thinking loving your kid enough means you're going to always give in to what they want. Who's the parent here and who's the child? You've got responsibility, so do not be afraid to exert tough love and to be the mom. All right, um, I brought again an essay that I absolutely love. I didn't write it, but it's great. Your leaders will have it. It's called Mean Moms. And this is exactly what it's about. It's like, are you willing to be mean enough to, to stop your kid from doing things? And so you read that and just let it refresh you as you are facing situations with your children when perhaps you're having to exert some um, tough love with them. One more thing on this about being the mom. Please. You be you. I want to remind you, God called you to be the mom of your children. Nobody else could do it better. Nobody. Don't try to be like your best friend. Don't try to be like your big sister. Ask God, God, you gave me this job. You helped me to do it. You have gifts and strengths that nobody else has. Now, among us all, there are some of us that are good at one thing and some of us are good at another. And that's why we help one another. But as far as your role as the mom of your children, you are the very best mom that your children could ever have. Don't forget that. And just ask God to help you grow in who he wants you to be. And he will help you specifically be in your role what you need to be to your children. Okay. After you're going to be the mom... Number six is discipline your children. This is what usually I get called on to talk about. Disciplining your children is not particularly fun. Well, that's an understatement, but it is essential. Your kids will not learn right from wrong unless you teach them. And we don't like to do that. And y'all, I am reliving this all over, staring at a whole bunch of little preschoolers that are in my family. Sam, Mary Margaret's little boy, and I see him every day, lives 10 minutes from me. He just turned two, and he is every bit of it. No, and his mama tells him, do not put your truck on the buffet. Puts that big old truck up on the buffet. Sam, I told you, put your truck on the floor. He'll put it on the floor. 
he'll pick it right back up and put it on the buffet. And I've watched this, and it's just killing me. And she's not saying, Mama, what do I do? I'm biting my tongue, you know. <laughs> but then, you know, I, she did finally ask me, and I said, Mary Margaret, you're not really, tr this is not training him. He's testing you. He's looking over his shoulder. you like, so what you going to do about it? And I know from how she was, and I didn't have good training at that time, you know, we talked about it, and she did ask me, and we talked about maybe a wooden spoon to give him a little snap on the leg to just help him know he can't do that. At this point, when she says no, it's like a green light to him, you know, and it's just, you don't have to teach a kid to be bad. Do y'all all know that? You don't have to teach them to be bad. They just come into this world. This is a broken world. Sin resides in all of us, and all of us. Being bad's easy, but learning how to behave and learning how to be obedient and to be disciplined, it takes work. And so this is what we've got to provide for our children. Now, I did love, the lady came to town when my kids were finishing fourth, second, in kindergarten and taught parenting with love and logic. It was the first thing that really made sense to me. There are many, many good books and resources. That's just one I typically refer to because you give your kids some choices, but you've set boundaries around them. And the main thing I think I got out of it is when you sit down with your children, and I can remember the family meetings where I'd have to say, okay, I've messed up. I gave y'all, we talked about things we were going to do, and then I got slack, and I didn't enforce things, but we're having a family meeting tonight, and we're drawing a line in the sand, and y'all, here are some things in the way we're going to do it. And then we would outline some behaviors that were acceptable and some expectations, and I want you to make your bed in the morning and blah, blah, blah before you go to school, several things. And you would tell them what the consequences would be. How many of y'all say this, whether your child is two or whether they're 12? If you do that one more time, or I'm going to give you one more chance, y'all, it doesn't work. You can save yourself a lot of effort. You can save the whole family a lot of time. Once you have said what the rule is, the first time they break it, let the consequence fall. Whatever it is, if you say you can't go to the party unless you do blah, blah, blah. Well, what happens if they don't do blah, blah, blah? What happens? They can't go to the party. And so we have to do, because the real world, when they get out in the real world, it's not going to be a mama saying, I'll give you one more chance. We can't do our kids' homework. You can't take their projects to school when they forget it. They'll just get a little bit off their grade when they take it in a day late. They'll never learn responsibility unless we let them. So set them up and don't be upset when they fail. Realize when they mess up and they have a terrible consequence and they're upset about it, it's a great learning experience. And once you don't bail them out, they quit, they get more responsible. I mean, they remember to do their stuff because they know you're not going to bail them out. So we have to discipline our children. Remember who's in charge. Um, you think you're showing grace when you give them another chance. In this kind of instance, though, you're not. You're deterring them learning discipline. At your home, have some house rules. Expect everybody to follow them. Have some chores. Hire your kids. When, now, I will say, well, we never had the one that lined up their toys and was very neat. Our kids were all kind of messy, and none of them were great housekeepers when they lived in apartments on their own, particularly my boys weren't. 
Um, but that's not to say that when they were at home, they didn't have chores. They knew how to clean a bathroom, and they knew how to vacuum, and they knew how to do some things around the house. That's not going to guarantee they're going to do it when they're living on their own, but at least you want to know they know how. So it's our job to train them, but I can't promise you they're all going to do these things when they leave home. All right, I, I strongly urge you to continue to pursue good resources, ask your other friends who seem to have discipline going well in their home. I look at those of you who have four and five kids, and some of y'all have done an excellent job of just knowing how to line things up and get your kids to do what they're supposed to do. This was always fascinating to me. Mary Margaret's second grade teacher, when you would walk into that classroom, it was just an aura of peace and calm. Her teacher was Miss Julie, she whispered everything she did. She was one of the best teachers that any of our kids ever had. And I'm telling you, though, from day one in that class, she told her children and her students the way it was going to be. And with a smile on her face, she enforced whatever she said would be the discipline. And it, in about three weeks of a new school year, that was the best class in the whole school. So think about that and realize you can move in that direction in your own home. You know, I used to think louder was better, but it's not. All right, number seven. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up. Number seven, set a good example for your children. They are watching you more than they're watching anybody else, and you think they're not. Think they're not. You think they're watching everybody else. They got their eyes on you, and they got their eyes on their daddy as well. And Nothing will challenge you in your own personal life as a Christian, as a friend, as, as whatever, than having to live it out in front of your kids because they will keep you honest. And I mean, my kids have called me out numerous times. Mama, I thought you said blah, blah, blah. And you know what the best thing to do is when you get called out, say, you're exactly right. Thank you for reminding me. I needed that reminder today. I wasn't doing what I have said I expect. Don't ever mind to apologize to your children because you know what you're doing? You're teaching them how to apologize. And so we have to just... Go back to when I said, there are no perfect people. You're not going to be the perfect mom. And guess what? You may have a few imperfections, but your the daddy is supposed to be the perfect daddy, right? But he's not either, and neither are the kids. But we've got to be willing to keep moving forward, and you've got to keep being the example. If, if you want them to be polite, if you want them to have respect for other people, for authorities, for teachers, for all the people in their lives, look at yourself. What do you say around the dinner table about people that you're under authority, people maybe that you work with or whatever? Are you showing respect? Are you being considerate? Are you being thoughtful? Um, Mary Margaret had a friend who lost a baby just a couple of weeks ago, and she was just had a two-week-old herself. She said, Mama, I need to go to that baby's service. And I said, oh, okay. And so I kept Sam while she went, and she said, Mama, I just keep remembering you saying that when something like this happens, you're supposed to show up. That made me feel so. I thought, you know, I have said that for a million years. I've said, just show up. You know, just do the thing. Set the, and so there's something. I set an example for her, and now she wanted to do that for her friend. So there are things you don't even know that they are watching, but they are watching you, and 
that can go for good and that can go for bad. At a Christian school that I worked in some years ago, um, we would have to call in parents because we had a young girl maybe in middle school or high school, and even though we had a dress code, she wasn't dressing appropriately. And you're like, you hate to bring the parents in. When the mama walked through the door, you knew exactly where the problem was. If you think the concept of modesty is important for your, do- for your daughter, look in the mirror. Be sure you are displaying that yourself. You're not 16 anymore. You know, you're not even 20 anymore. You be the mom and you be respectful and you show a level of, you can be cute and be modest. And for, for men who want their boys or mamas who want their boys to show respect for the coaches, you know, how do you talk about the people that you work with? Are you showing respect for other people? You aren't going to get it right all the time. Don't be too hard on yourself. But just remember, your kids are watching you, and it's up to you to set an example. In conclusion, these I hope something you heard today, if there was one little thing that you think, oh, that's something I can try to work into our life. Into I hope that will be helpful to you. But I also want to say to you, All your children are not going to respond 100% to all your best efforts. I'm just telling you, I know wonderful parents who've had kids that have just gotten way off in who knows where. But you know, the Lord goes with them. The Lord knows that. You have trained your child and you have put into them and you will never have regrets for having done the things that you can do to be the best parent to your child. So, but there, I'm not guaranteeing you, if you do these 10 things, this is the way your child's going to turn out. And, and I'm telling you, in a home, you'll have kids raised in the same environment, and one of them will go the way that's right, and one of them may not. But still, our job is to be the parent that God wants us to be today. And back to my first point, when you're going... I can't do this. I want to go, yeah, no, you sure can't. But you are not alone. The Lord will help you if you will call on him, if you'll read his word, and if you'll obey him. And your friends here, other strong Christian mentors will help you as well. Let's pray. Oh, dear God, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come and share with these sweet girls today. And I do pray that something that was said would be helpful to girls who are here, and I pray that you would just um, be among them as they have discussion in their small groups now. Thank you for Mom to Mom and the ministry it is to so many for the friendships that are made here that will last a lifetime. We love you in Jesus' name, amen.